Hey, Conjugate Chat friends, this is Mike Cunningham from Gill Athletics, and I need your help. Or maybe I need to help you. See, we have a crap ton of rubber bumper plates and other weight room items that we need to clearance. We need to clear them out of our factory. That's right, a crap ton. That's the official measurement. All offers will be considered. Email me at M-C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M at gillathletics.com to see the full list and check out the show notes right here on Conjugate Chats for a link to see the items and my email address. Thanks, everybody and stay strong. You want to make sure you build a good foundation. It's not just about them, you know, being great for the sport, whatever the case, being strong, but you want them to kind of take from that and move out of the weight room, out of the high school field or, you know, out of the college field, whatever, and into adult life and not be hurting. And, um, you know, going back to mastering movement, you know, just our warm up alone. That's what I always tell kids. I always have that conversation with them. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Before going into the episode, I want to thank our sponsors, starting with the DOYSC, the Department of Young Strength Coaches. This group is designed for young strength coaches wanting to go into the field of strength and conditioning, whether that's CSCS prep, GA, or internship opportunities or even live discussions, they are a resource for young coaches to take advantage of. I will put the link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Also, Team Builder. Team Builder is the software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with the elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. Team Builder is full of tools that coaches need like multiple max training methods, 16-plus reports, evaluation testing, goal-setting, to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with team builders and house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. So please be sure to rate, like, subscribe, and even share this podcast with a fellow coach or a fellow in iron. I'm your host, John Mark Raspberry. Current strength coach, well, still searching for a place to land, kind of strength coach, but a strength coach nonetheless. Um, I have on today Mr. Joseph Lambert here in Silmer, Tennessee, which is on the west side of Tennessee. Uh, coach Lambert, uh, welcome to the Conjugate Chats, man. Awesome to have you on. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So let's kind of dive in, into this episode here. So we always start with some kind of tricks or tips. So is there a trick or tip that you discovered in your own coaching experience, whether that's in the weight room, uh, in Google Sheets, the field, the court, just something to help other coaches? Wow. There's been a lot of things that I've come up with. Um, probably one of the most recent, and, and since you have your own facility and, and uh, I can kind of experiment with things, um, doing five by fives. Um, I, you know, I train adults as well. I don't just train kids and athletes. I also work with adults and we experimented for 12 weeks. We did five sets of five on major lifts like bench press, uh, squats and deadlift. And each week, everybody had a log. They added five pounds each week until they plateaued. They kept going five pounds each week until they plateaued. Uh, some people plateaued about six weeks. Uh, I think it took me like 12 weeks. Uh, before I hit my final mark where I could not do all five sets at that weight. Um, but, God, I got crazy strong by doing that. 
And it was uh, something that kind of blows all the, you know, the textbooks and all that stuff. It kind of blows all that out of the water because I actually experienced muscle growth, strength, getting stronger. And it was just something I was like, who knew? So. And that's also for sure. And, you know, that's kind of also being married almost to those principles of like progressive overload. You know, science is still science, no matter how, however way you want to cut it. You know, science is still science at the end of the day. That's right. Um, yeah, and it's, it, 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 it definitely opened me up to being more open about other methods, other ways. Um, may not work for everybody, but, you know, like I said, that's the great thing about having your own facility. You can experiment and see what works and what doesn't work. And um, I've actually turned around and started using this on our kids. So, And that's also what a good practitioner also does, too. You know, you go through what some of the athletes are going through or what some of your clients at that point is going through, you know, um, you know, personally, I want to get to things like GPS and VBTs and stuff like that. Um, even before all that, you know, just going in there, sometimes even doing the workouts yourself, um, maybe not to the full extreme that you would prescribe like a baseball, football, whoever, but, you know, at least some taste of what an athlete's going through is always great for a coach or a practitioner at this point to, um, experience. Right. That's, that's exactly right. And, uh, I've, about every program that I have here, of course, baseball players, we train a little bit different. Um, our regular athletes, they got their own little training program that I do. I've pretty much done all those programs myself just so I could experience, you know, you take a person that's, uh, used to doing squats, used to doing deadlifts, used to doing bench press, used to doing, you know, um, I guess you could call it just compound typical lifts and then you switch it and you want to go to like a lunch, uh, single arm or just anything where you're getting into that transverse plane. Um, it, it really, uh, it really made an impact on me. It's harder. So you have to make that, you got to think about your athletes when you throw it on them. Uh, matter of fact, the football coach here and I were talking last night about it how hard it's been. He's trying this with some of them and it's, it's been a hard road because they're not used to that. You know, um, you're not going to start, you're going to see a high weight the first time you go a reverse step lunge with a barbell on your, you know, front rack or whatever. It's going to be, uh, it, it, it's definitely going to be a little bit harder for that athlete. So. Absolutely. Um, let's kind of dive into the episode and you kind of already mentioned a little bit about this, about, kind of that private sector life, you know, um, owning your own facility in your own gym. And then, you know, um, I mean, we've known each other for probably the last year or so. And, um, I've gotten to see where your kind of like clientele is at, you know, we have people coming in from different areas and different teams and stuff like that. So talk to us a little bit about, I guess, some of the things that you're seeing in the private sector, uh, strength and conditioning wise. Um, the biggest thing, I guess, is just trying to, you know, we compete against the schools. You know, a lot of the schools in this area, we're in a small rural area. Uh, the sports coaches do it all. They, they're the uh, strength conditioning coach. They're the field um, caretaker. I mean, they, they, got, they wear a lot of hats. Um, when I got into this, I kind of came, I went at the approach of, you know, 
Um, I want to help. I'm not here to say I'm better than you or anything like that. I just want to help my help to get the team better. And um, you know, and this is after the of getting a few uh players, you know, trained and, and everybody say, wow, they train with you. They're they're awesome, they're great athletes. Um, but it was, you know, look, let me let me take your team, let me help you help that team get a little bit better. And uh, Adamsville High School baseball was the first team I had in, and they really uh, took to the training. Uh, we we uh, made a bunch of beasts, really, and it was in 2020 when this happened. So they uh, they turned around, just they were going, and we watched a couple of games, and we looked at their uh, just their their attitudes when they came up to bat. You know how aggressive they were. And it was all about, you know, the team effort. And, and some of these kids were cheering the team on. You know, so not, not the whole team trained here, but the majority of them did. The big major players did. And uh, they started out, they were rolling. They were hot and COVID hit. So it kind of shut everything down, and in, including their season. So we didn't get to see some of the seniors what they would have done that year. Um, fast forward to the next year, they picked right up and they went on to the state. Uh, they trained in the fall. They trained in the winter. Um, several guys were that hadn't hit home runs before are hitting home runs now. They're making the big plays. They're you know, the coach is like, hey, they're they're uh, exit velocity on their bats. We're sitting, you know, I test them when at the beginning of the season. By the end of the season, they're dropping because they're they're you know they're they're losing uh, they're losing their strength. Of course, you know, well, you got to train through the season. Um, and that was that was a big thing is, you know, just being able to look at that team, having a coach that's open enough to say, yeah, I need your help. And this coach is also up to date on all the uh, sports tracking and, you know, all the information, you know, uh, extra velocity on your batting, you know, knowing how fast these kids are throwing, knowing, I mean, he, he's, he knows what to look for because he's been there as an athlete and done it as well. So um, it was good to kind of have that. And that kind of helped me get my foot in the door of the high school programs uh, just because of what we did with them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, kind of that private sector live, you don't fall under some of the rules and regulations that, you know, a lot of high schools have to follow, you know. Um, and that's pretty nice for, you know, as a private facility to come in and you're able to be with a lot of your athletes year round. And um, it's another big thing for you as well, because I've seen the buy-in, you know, firsthand from some of the sport coaches around the surrounding area. And, you know, I know that coaches and, you know, strength coaches as well, we're pretty protective of, you know, our methods and everything like that. But for sport coaches to say, okay, I trust you. And here's my athletes, you know, um, I want them to go to Coach Lambert. You know, I, I, I want them to go and, you know, get better at Coach Lambert's facility. You know, that, that's huge on your part, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, again, it's just, you know, it's like business. Um, before I did this, I was in business, and business is about creating relationships. Uh, those relationships, not just with those coaches, just it's with the athletes, which is much important. You can't get buy-in from your athletes. And I don't get buy-in from all of them, you know. Um, that's, that's one of those nuts I'm still trying to crack, you know. Uh, some kids, I reach them. And they're, they're sold. You know, if I bring a team, team of about 10, 15 kids in and I'll start working with them, I got, I'll end up probably with two or three kids going to you know what? I'm coming back. I'm going to be with you. 
Uh, we got a couple in college right now that did the same thing. They, they've been with me since, and they're still in college right now, still playing, still texting me, still keep in touch with me, still, um, you know, still, still, you know, understand what we do here and the buy-in that I created. But again, you got some athletes just, they're not there. They're not going to getting through to some of them. And you know, probably everybody knows it's hard to get through to some of them. You got to figure that out. And I'm still working on that. I don't think I'll ever perfect that. As, as a skill set that coaches got to have, and I mean, not every kid's going to buy into what you're doing. And I, I mean, it's different for a high school coach and walk in and say, well, you're doing this and this and this. I mean, they're kind of required to be there. It's another thing to be paying for your sessions and um, for your training and to come in there and not be solely bought into what you're doing. So that's that's kind of a kind of like a duality of, you know, that private sector life. You know, kids don't have to be there. However, if you're paying to be there, you, you you better show up. You better you know work your tail off while you're there. So, right. And the parent, the parents, you know, they do the they do that as well. You know, they 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 push them as well. You know, I get a lot of kid, younger kids in here. The parents, hey, I know what you've done with these kids in high school. Hey, I want my kid. You know, he's playing baseball or you know he's playing whatever sport. I want you to work with them. I said, well, let's let me just kind of bring them into our, our program. And we'll get them started. It's going to be boring because kids that age, they need to be doing basic stuff. But, um, you know, some of the older ones and, and I think you I think the uh, high school coaches experience this as well, because I've seen it at this high school. You have kids come in and yeah, you're right. You got to do what you tell them to do. But. I mean, how, how do you know that they're doing five sets of five or doing their three sets of six or, you know, whatever the case, it, you know, if you got anywhere from 40 to 60 athletes working and you got about 30, 20 to 30 minutes to get them through, how do you actually know? And, and of course, when you go up and you have your uh, one rep max days, and things like that, it kind of tells the tale. You can tell who's been working, who hasn't been working uh, because they won't hit the numbers. All right. And sometimes you get through, sometimes you don't. So, I mean, it's just uh, – yeah, and like I said, I see that in the high school level as well. Um, you know, if you take a team of 60 players, again, you're going to have maybe 10 to 15. That's just not – you always have the, the, the few that are going to, you know, ride the bench, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think it's a little bit – not a little bit – it's a lot better for someone like you coming into a school system or if they're coming to you for them to get that quality training rather than being told what to do inside a school system, which I mean, I get it. It's part, it's part of the deal when you're in a high school system, right? You got to do certain things that coaches want, whether that's right or wrong, you have to do what coaches says. However, you know, I think it's a very good point of like, uh, a high school coach realizing that maybe they can't do it all. And it's, it's a hard pill to swallow because I was that way when I first got in coaching football, you know, I want to coach football. I want to do strength and conditioning. I want to do this. I want to do that. And there's comes a certain point to where you're like, okay, I, I got to do something else because what I'm doing right now is a disservice to the athletes and it's a disservice to myself because I can't do it all. And for me to try to do it all is it's not working out for myself personally. You know, I think, you know, letting go a little bit saying, okay, I trust so-and-so coach Lambert, right? Lambert sport and performance to come in and take care of my, 
take care of my kids, you know, um, and that that's something, you know, for the betterment of the athlete. You know, it's not for personal gains, not for the record, it's not for, you know, whatever reason, it's for the betterment of the athlete. Yeah, that's correct. We And, and the thing is, we work with the schools. Um, we always discount. We, you know, we do we do a team rate. Um, we realize most of the people that are, you know, got kids in these programs, they're working. Um, this is not an area that has a lot of uh, jobs and things like that. So, I mean, um, we, we do whatever we can to work with their parents as far as easy pay, things like that, to make it easier on them. Uh, but yet try to give that kid as much as anybody else, you know, uh, just like a regular kid coming here in this facility as far as paying regular pricing or whatever. Um, we go to their games. Uh, we, we always make us, you know, we show up. Hey, thought I'd stop by last night. I hit up girls softball, uh, Adamsville and McNary. And um, just uh, to me, just to see their faces when you show up. Oh, hey, your coach are here, you know. Um, that again is buy-in that's showing that we actually care about the athlete. And that's one thing I found. If you, if you show these kids, you care about them. Uh, and I do, these kids are just, you kind of get personal with them. Sometimes, sometimes I'll get texts from them. This, they'll ask me this or that in their training or something like that. And it's, it's just great to know, uh, that you get these texts. I got one here a few weeks ago, a kid was saying, Hey, we're playing at home and I'm pitching, I'm starting pitching. Uh, can you come? And, and I was like, you can't say no. You, I had to rearrange my schedule and get somebody to cover a class and, and be there because that kid has been with me since he's 14 or no, 11 years old. And uh, he's a senior this year. And so, yeah, of course I'm going to be there. Uh, never say no to these kids and, and just let them uh, show me care. And, and hopefully uh, they'll take it and take it with them the rest of their lives. And, and, and not only just, you know, they may not go play college sports, or whatever. Uh, they may, you know, just as long as they pick up, you know, hey, I always like what uh, Coach Lambert did. You know, he he taught me this, and I want to go – I want to join a gym and, you know, take care of myself. Um, I think if anything COVID taught everybody, uh, the people that took care of themselves got through it a lot easier than people that didn't. So – and I think that's something we should all take away. And giving kids this foundational of fitness almost, you know, what we're training is sport for uh, sport performance. You know, we're trying to win games and we're trying to keep kids healthy. But looking past that, you know, trying to instill healthy habits like lifting and lifting the correct way and lifting in uh, a safe manner. You know, that's something that, you know, some of these athletes, even after the playing days, you know, they can go to a gym. They can you know, um, they can play pickup games, they can, you know, do whatever they want to, and they still have that foundational of fitness and, you know, weightlifting and technique and knowledge from, you know, playing sports and being with someone like you. So, uh, awesome stuff, coach. Awesome. Um, let's kind of get into like the programming stuff, um, programming side of this here. Uh, you talked about some athletes been with you since they've been what 11, 12, 13 years old and gone on to play, you know, all the way up to senior in high school. So how do you program for someone that just walks in your door? You know, this little middle school boy is 11 years old. He, uh, he's, he's, you know, either really, really short, hasn't grown to his body or he's really, really tall and looks like Bambi. Okay. So how, how do you program from that all the way up to being a senior in high school? We, we really, you look at their movement, 
Um, most kids move pretty well. Uh, some kids don't move that great at all. And, and you know, I always go back to as a kid played outside, has a kid been playing sports, has a kid been on a team, you know, and all that, all that you know, there's a lot of factors there. Um, you know, just basic moving patterns, your, your seven moving patterns, you know, your squat, your, your push pulls, your hinging movements, your rotational, anti-rotational, um, things like that to me is, is you get the foundational movements down. And I don't really train for lifts. I train for movement. If I can get them moving correctly, um, the lifts will come. I'll get them. I'll get them doing whatever I need to as far as the weights. Uh, just getting them to understand the movement is huge. Um, once we're there, once we get them understanding that, we'll start loading. Once they start looking better, and we'll start loading. We stick with the basic stuff, you know. Uh, I use TRX. TRX is a great tool. Probably was the first tool I bought when I was a trainer, and it was the best decision ever uh, because there's so much uh, core involved in that movement, which should it transfers right over to regular. You know, if you're going to pick up a barbell or a dumbbell or a kettlebell or whatever the case, but uh, we'll just kind of we'll go from there, and we'll build off of that and build them up, and then slowly load them as they start to get older. Now, at some point kids are getting stronger um workouts get a little bit harder for them um you know that's one thing i've learned since i've been doing this most of my kids even high school two two days a week and then the co sport coaches having the other three days i find that two days gives them good rest they're not beat up and sore coaches can get everything they can out of them on the field um and i hadn't had any complaints from the coaches oh man they're all sore what the heck did you do to them i hadn't had that uh, because we, you know, it's just a strength. You got to think about it. If you're running, throwing, uh, jumping, things like that, it's your body weight. You know, football obviously different. There's a little extra weight there, but I mean, uh, it's body weight. I mean, you got to be able to move your body. So if the movement's not good, not correct. Um, that's going to suffer. And of course, as they get older, you know, like some uh, high school athletes, you know, the med ball throws, the single leg type of stuff. Once let's talk about mastering movement. Once they master the movement, they get to progress. And you know, uh, a lot of the kids they they understand. You'd be surprised how many kids can't do push-ups. But a lot of kids they come in, they understand. They they get told day one, uh, if you hadn't done a push-up, I'm going to do them in here because I think that builds stable, good, strong stabilizers for your shoulders. So when we do bench you, you do get that bar. Uh, we're not going to have any injuries or have any issues. Uh, so they have to be able to do 10 push-ups my way um, before they earn. They got to earn the bar, basically. Um, and, and everything's progressed that way, all the way up through the college. You know, college is a little bit different. Uh, once they get to that level, uh, we're still working strength, basic stuff. But at some point, they're strong enough. Now we just got to make sure that their movement is good. You know, if it, I got a high school pitcher or, or, I'm sorry, a college pitcher right now. And uh, the biggest thing with him is mobility. Uh, making sure he's staying mobile. You know, he knows what to do in the weight room. He knows how to progress. He knows all this stuff. And that's another thing you get from me is you're going to learn. Uh, so you can do this on your own. He's having to do it on his own because the, the school he went to, they didn't have a strength coach. They just kind of, well, there's a weight room and here's something we downloaded off of uh, bodybuilding.com, do it. And no, throw it away, do this. This is what you need to be doing because I don't want you injuring your, your shoulder for one. That's your bread and butter. So uh, 
going from 11 year old or 10 year old, whatever the case, all the way up to college, it's, it's definitely different, in, but it does progress as we go. But Yeah. And uh, I was kind of thinking about this as you were sitting there talking about mastering the basics. Right. So when I got the Bolivar and the first thing I noticed was their squat patterns. I mean, they're More going squats. about, they were coming about, you know, knee to hip. You know, I, I'm not much of a, you know, a parallel person as, as I am an ass to grass kind of person. Yeah. So um, that was the first thing I was like, you know, these kids got to learn, understand like what full depth squat feels like. And so that first, I think, I think I pulled uh, like five sophomores, all the freshmen, I think a couple of juniors off to the side. And we did like a no barbell program where they stuck with dumbbells, bands, and body weight for, I think, the entire summer. And we, I mean, hammered the basics. I mean, there was no way I was going to let some kid go and bat squat 225. And it looked like he barely even, you know, bent his knee. And then he gets zero benefit out of it. He's probably going to get hurt at some point because football boys and I guess high school boys in general are egotistic to where they're going to go and try to go absolutely ham on stuff that they probably don't need to go ham on. And then eventually that hurts themselves. And yeah, they just spiral downfield. So I, I thought about that when you were talking about hammering the basics, because that's such a big component and especially middle school to high school, young athlete to being a developed athlete. And I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that I grew up in the eighties. Um, <laughs> I didn't really play football. I played baseball when I was a kid. Uh, played football. I decided my freshman year of high school. Well, I'm gonna play football. And uh, didn't really understand. I mean, I knew the sport, but I didn't understand all the entails of sports training and all that stuff. Uh, first time I ever saw a bar or a weight room, and uh, you know, it was a bigger, faster, stronger program. <laughs> it was. <laughs> There was no, uh, hey, we need to strengthen your core. Hey, we need to get your, you know, get you a little bit move, moving a little bit better. Nope, there's a bar right there. Yeah, you look like you're about this guy's size. So you guys all get together in this group. You take this rack and y'all go. Now, and that was it. You know, one kid's doing 135 pounds on the squat. You know, I jump up under there and it about sends me to the floor. I mean, I'm, I'm a buck, buck 05. I mean, I'm a, I'm a small kid. So, I mean, my experience probably is what drove me into this is having a bad experience in the weight room when I was a kid. And um, it has led to back pain, uh, things like that throughout my adult life. And then when I finally learned how to lift and how to do it properly and how to strengthen your body to lift, back pain went away. I don't have a back pain anymore because core strong, you know, and you got to think about that with your kids. You don't want to hurt the kids for life. You know, you want you want to make sure you build a good foundation. And it's not just about them, you know, being great for the sport, whatever the case, being strong. But you want them to kind of take from that and move um, out of the weight room, out of the high school field or, out, you know, out of the college field, whatever, and into adult life and not be hurting. And um you know, going back to mastering movement, you know, just our warm up alone. That's what I always tell kids. I always have that conversation with them. Every movement we do in our warm up is going to help you um, for everything we do. 
And if you can master all these little warm-up movements that we do, I promise you will get better. Some kids will buy into that right off the bat. And once they get those uh, warm-ups mastered, you'll see everything else just fall right into place. And, 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 and of course, I've got the time, you know, I don't really have the time, but I got more time than most high school strength coaches do or, you know, middle school, whatever the case, um, to spend with these kids and get them better and work with them a little bit more. So, I mean, it, it I've been in both places. I've seen it from the high school side. And I've helped Wes up there in his program. And holy crap, 20 minutes and you got to do all this. I'm like, I, I just remember looking at him. I was like, there's no way. But we got it done. I don't know how we got it done. Uh, but then I go back to, is it quality? And, and you know, that's 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 what you run up against. So That's a huge issue right now with high school athletics because you're on a, such a time crunch with some of these athletes. And, you know, you're like, okay, I got to get in two days of work, total body movements, push bowl, push bowl, whatever. They still got a speed component to master as well. They still need a little bit of mobility, especially you talk about like certain players like softball and baseball. You're like, I got to work their shoulders and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, you got all this in 35 minutes. Go. It's like, that's that that sucks. For a high school coach, that sucks. But it's nice having someone in the private sector to actually, you know, outside of the school limits almost to have that time. And that's such a big component, I think, in the, in the I guess, appeal with the private sector. And we, and another thing I've done since I've been doing it is, is help these coaches. Look, you got, you got to warm them up, right? You want, you're warming your athletes up. Of course, some of them gives you a funny look. Well, they run a lap around the field or something. I'm like, no, that's, it's not really a warm up. Um, have them do a few things here. Let's, we can cut, we can, we can get a lot of stuff done in a warm up. And then you can just move on to your weights and you're good to go. Um, you don't have to sprint, you know, every, you know, you don't have to go out there and run them 10 40s. We, we, when I was in high school, we used to run 10, yeah, it was 20 40s and 10 100. We had to work up to that. Anyway, that was crazy. But um, anyway, um, you can get a lot done in a, in a 10 minute warm up that will cover all your mobility, all your, all your basic move patterns, core training, all that stuff. Move right into the weights, your rope. And, um, you know, so I mean, it can be done. It's just you got to look at the equipment you have. You got to look at the facility you have. You got to look how many kids you got. And you know, it's it's uh, sometimes having a set of eyes from the outside looking in. It's been doing it for a while. Really helps. And, and like I said, I, I at, at first when I started, I could tell there's a lot of animosity there. They did not want anything to do with me. And now it's like, hey, uh, you think you come over and help us get something set up? And I was like, of course I can. Yeah. You just tell me what day. And um, so that's how I kind of broke that ice. So kind of switching gears a little bit, uh, I would want to talk about a little bit about the technology side that you experience at uh, your facility. Because as strength and conditioning has progressed, technology is becoming more and more prevalent inside of facilities, schools, etc. So what do you use to track your data? What do you use for speed? Do you use anything like VPTs or GPS at your facility? I've got uh, the Dasher system. Um, we use that for tracking our speed and doing a lot of our uh, speed and agility uh, time. That's really the only thing I have right now. Now, I do have access to the uh, Just Jump mat. 
for the verticals. Um, we track long jumps, we track verticals, we track 10 yard sprints. I want to track a uh, flying 10, but I just do not have the room. Uh, I think that's huge. But, um, and then I do the 5105 or the pro agility as well. Um, those things that we, you know, we're, we're actually going to test. I got a group that's getting out next week or finishing up next week. And uh, we're going to test next week. And that's going to be some of the tests they'll do. Um, I think once they come in and they do their initial test and they spend, you know, anywhere from two, one to two training blocks. My training blocks used to be 12 weeks. I've cut them back to nine weeks business decision. Um, so we, you know, after they spend a couple of uh, training blocks with us, and we look at those numbers again. It's like, oh God, everything's getting better. I was like, yeah, it's what happens because you're getting stronger. You're getting older and you're growing, but you are getting better as far as getting into these positions, getting in, you know, and just learning. It's and a lot of this is repetition too. You know, I always tell everybody, hey, running a 40-yard dash, it's like study for a test. The more you practice, the more you study, the better grade you're gonna get. And um, you know, we we that's what we see. Uh, if you want to be fast, you got to run fast. And uh, we always throw a little speed in um, at the begin at the end of our warmups every day. They're running, they're doing a couple or anywhere from two to six drills for speed, and then they go right into the weights. But uh, as of right now, that's all I've got. I really want to get. I'm looking at the max velocity training, and and I think there's something to that. Um, right now, I don't really have a need for it because I can kind of, you know, I, I can kind of. I can manage it. If I can get the kids lifting pretty close and I've got several kids in the high school program at the high school right now. And it's when I walk in up there and see the kids lift, you can always tell my kids it's they're ready for the Olympics. I mean, they're, they're about perfect with their cleans, with their snatches and things like that. Um, you know, and I don't try to make them that way, but I'm, I'm a perfectionist as well. And so of course uh, I want them getting it close. I don't want them getting hurt. Uh, but man, it's just, it's always a, it's refreshing to see, walk into that place and see those kids lifting and uh, looking at my kids, like, yeah, I have that kid get there. So. And it's a rewarding feeling to have your kids, not only, you know, lifting properly and, you know, making the power clean look nice and smooth and everything like that. But you also in the back of your mind, you're kind of thinking, you know, I'm helping these kids become healthy. And strength conditioning is such a servant field as well to where, you know, you're, you're there for them. You're there for their family. You're there for um, their sport and their coaches and, you know, where they're playing. So, you know, it is very much a servant field. And, you know, um, I, I think there's a sense of pride with, you know, trying to help kids all keep healthy, but also, you know, properly do things, you know, in the right manner. Right. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, the um, I was trying to think of this book. I believe it was a postman. It's what, what the name of it was. I can't remember. Um, but we had uh, it was Bobby Smith that put us onto it, and I read it. And it was about a, I think it was a postman. But anyway, it was just about a, a mailman, and that was his job. He he would go the extra effort uh, to deliver the mail, and it went into this whole thing. I mean, he was just um, serving was a underlying theme of the book, you know, and that's what we do. 
Um, and that's what really got me, you know, when, when you get through to a kid, that's just huge. Uh, I, I, and I always go back, there's this one kid, I'm not going to name him, but um, I always talk about it here in the facility, but he's actually turned into a pretty good athlete, but he came in, good Lord, he's just one of those kids that he'd rather be outside throwing rocks at the, uh, you know, in the woods or whatever, you know, he'd care less about what we were doing. And, and uh, we just kind of trained and trained around him and, I almost signed him off because he's like, yeah, Lord, I almost told his parents, look, why don't you just take him home? Let's wait a year or two. He's not ready. And then we'll bring him back, you know. And we always start kids about 10, 10 or 11, somewhere in there. And he was the same age. He just was not ready. I mean, he was just different. And that's and that kid probably taught me the biggest lesson of not signing a kid off. Um, just because a kid's initially hard to get through to, um, doesn't mean that you give up and I didn't give up on him and he turned into probably one of my best athletes um he's a senior this year doing really well and I'm hoping uh I'd like to see him come back and help me coach because he he's actually uh I think he he referees with kids and and uh, uh on basketball and, and he does he does uh he just does a lot of giving back to the community as far as uh he likes working with kids and stuff. So I'm actually thinking, I was like, hey, he might be a good little coach to bring back because he's been through my program. And, uh, but it just taught me a big lesson about kids. So now when they come in and they're like that, you know, I was like, all right, go ahead. I'm going to let you go, but you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, I'm, I'm going I'm to see it through because I know you're going to, it's going to click for you. And, uh, and I always tell kids that story when they come in and, you know, and get some thinking. So, and that's a good thing too. It's, and that's also looking at the longevity of a, a person, not just them as an athlete, but them as a person. You know, you know, eventually they, the light bulb is going to go off in their head, and they're going to realize that oh crap, you know, this is stuff that you know not only is important, you know, to you as a coach because you know why is it, you know it's important to you because you know it's evident, you know. Um, if it's not important to you, then what you're doing, you know, that sort of thing. But like also. When I think it's also important when the kid sees the benefits of training and the benefits of what you're doing and what you're, what, you know, the why behind all that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, just go, it goes back to the technology we're talking about. And that's one thing these kids are, um, when they sprint, I, I record a lot of them um, just so I, one, so I can see their, Form, it's always good to slow it down. I can look at different things. I can, I'm getting pretty decent where I can look at them and not even have to record now. But I can look, I can look back at the video and show them. It's like, look, come here, show you this. Da, 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 da. So, and so they have so much technology at their hands now, they can see the data. Um, so it's good to have that in, in a facility. And I really, like I said, I think it's going to be good to just make everything even better because it seems like the kids now. When they see it on, you know, they see a, a screen pop up and they they just ran a uh, maybe a 1.4 or 1.3 10-yard sprint, uh, light bulbs are clicking on because it's like, holy crap, man, what have I got to do to get the, down to 1.2 now? And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just things like that, I think, really solidify buy-in in getting these kids, especially nowadays, on uh, and, and to get them – doing what they're doing. I mean, and that's why I try to get, you know, baseball coaches, you know, 
um, hey, look at some of this data, some of this uh, data gathering that you know you can pull off their exit velocity. It's huge. You know, kids want to see that stuff now. Uh, they want to know how fast they can throw. Um, that's a big thing for them. Um, do they need to be throwing that fast? No, but if they got a number there, at least they know they can train and keep that number up or make it even better. So. And let's kind of take a like a kind of like a backseat a little bit. Talk a little bit about your program a little bit more. Um, what do you do for warm ups? Because you talk about, you know, we're going to do warm ups, then we go lift. What do you do exactly for warm ups? Our warm ups is basically it's, you know, I, I want to say. It's, it's full body. Every time they come into the facility, it's full body warm up. We do a CNS uh, drill. It may be. Um, ankle hops, it may be split hops, it may be in and outs, it may be hip turns, whatever the case, maybe mountain climbers, um, jumping jacks, or, you know, just, and of course, I've got a lot of progressions that I'll uh, progress that with, but uh, we, we start basically from the uh, bottom and we work our way up. We go, you know, major quad activation, hamstring lengthening, you know, ankle mobility, um, getting uh, shoulders, T-spines, things like that warmed up, core activation, uh, just getting that body warmed up. And usually it's about four tri-sets of exercises. Uh, you know, it's basically Bobby Smith's old program. And uh, I've kind of tweaked it a little bit, made it mine. And then once I get them there, I may, we may go in and that's a perfect time to throw in mechanics. You know, we have a uh, day one, um, day one is usually acceleration. So we want to work acceleration mechanics during the warm up. Um, day two is change of direction. So we want to do change of direction mechanics on uh, day two warm up. Um, day one warm up, we'll do some type of uh, acceleration drills for us. They'll do a couple of sprints or whatever. Uh, maybe a different position, maybe half kneeling uh, sprint, you know. Uh, just something to get them warmed up. It's something that's the same every week that they can practice on and get better at. And that's what we try to push. Hey, every week, it's not going to change. Yeah, the exercises every three weeks going to get a little harder, but you're always going to be sprinting. You're always going to be uh, doing things to get better at your, um, basically at your sport. So, but that's basically how we warm up. Once we get them warmed up, um, we're ready to roll at that point. We go into our, Either either plyometrics or some type of uh, uh, power development at that point. So uh, let's take a look inside, like the weight room, and your programming inside the weight room. So do you run like a linear system? Do you run like a conjugate? A um, what kind of system do you run at your facility? Uh, we we focus on. I want to say it's more uh, conjugate, but we focus on. You know, there's two major lifts that I use, the the uh, snatch and the clean, because that's what they're going to be doing in school. Most schools around here are doing cleans. Um, some schools are just now starting to get open to the snatch because they're learning how to do it now. I've taught them. Um, then, uh, so my, my day one, day two programs kind of center around those two lifts. Uh, the third day, we, we kind of based on the, uh, like the push, or the, um, the jerk, um, that could be your day three program. But I, like I said, I don't really run a 
day three program or run a, or a three day program or run a two day program. Um, the and, and of course, every good program has bench press in it. So once they're ready for that bench, one day is going to be bench. Next day, um, you're going to be looking at a squat. Um, and then we just kind of fill in from there. Um, you know, anytime that we do your explosive movements, like say uh, your snatch, we're going to pair it up with either a jump or some type of power movement with maybe a med ball throw dependent. And then we'll go into uh, a trial circuit. And usually it's either bench, like I said, bench press or squat. Um, those are your two major lifts. And then we'll pair that, you know, there may be a core movement in there. Um, I think chin-ups are huge. I'm finding that kids cannot do a chin-up. So we get them started. We at least, if they can hang on to that bar for five seconds, I, it's a win the way I look at it. Uh, we're building that grip strength, and eventually I'll get them up there uh, to where they can do that chin-up. Um, doing um, core work, and it may start out as planks. Um, it may start out as, you know, it may be a side plank. I mean, it just kind of things are filled in in my, in my tri circuit. And then they usually finish up at the very end. There's two things left. There's usually some type of pull. Um, we, there's a, on, on the days that we're benching, we're doing split uh, squats or a dumbbell split squat just to kind of offset those, the uh, squats on day two. On day two, we're doing some type of, uh, let's see, we got squats to see on that day two. We got some type of uh, press um, since we're, and usually it's an incline, maybe an alternating shoulder press uh, off the incline bench, offset that bench press on day one. And then again, an accessory movement thrown in there. So basically you're looking at first circuit is usually about three movements, uh, power, you know, uh, two power movements with mobility, I'll throw mobility in there, maybe banded abduction, uh, could be band pull aparts, could be squat to stand or um, uh, heck, uh, TRX wide delta. Uh, anything to do with lifting going up overhead like that, we want to make sure we're hitting our shoulders. We want to make sure we're hitting our legs uh, for squat days, things like that. Um, your, but th three movements there. And then with the next circuit, three movements, and then you got two moves to finish out the circuit. Sweet. And you're talking about chin-ups that, you know, realizing or I guess now knowing that some kids can't do chin-ups now, I have a funny story for that. So when I started at the beginning of the year, um, I'm still at Bolivar, but, you know, transition from being the football coach to being a track coach. And, you know, this is my first year as ever, ever as a head track coach. And um, I had a girl come out. She's a shot putter now. She's pretty talented. I'll, I'll give her that. And um, we started weight training because that's one thing I wanted to incorporate with track. You know, even though you're not a thrower, you're still going to sprint. And even though you are a thrower, you're still going to sprint. So um, we did some things there. And we got the chin-ups. And I run triphasic very early just for movement quality purposes. So we were in... The eccentric portion. We start with the eccentric, then go isometric, then go um, concentric. So we went to this eccentric portion. I told her, I was like, all right, we're going to start at the top of the bar, and you're just going to slowly go down. And she went from here up above the bar to just <laughs> dropped. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, you got to control yourself. She's like, coach, I can't. I was like, okay. 
Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do isometrics at the top. We're going to hold it for about five seconds. Okay. And then when we get to the concentric, we're going to start at the bottom and you're going to try to pull yourself all the way to the top. It may be still isometric, but we're still, you know, we're doing things that are still incorporating the trifixin. And I think now she's gotten up to two chin ups without a band. So, awesome. I mean, like that's just progression there. And it's, you know, it's stuff that it, it's science at the end of the day. But yeah. like I had, you know, you're talking about the chin up story. I, I had to throw it in there. It was, I had to tell about that. It, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's what's about. I mean, you just got to, you got to meet them where they're at, you know, you got to meet them where they're at. And, 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 and sometimes you don't know until they get up on that bar that, or get in that rack and it's like, Oh God, uh, let's go back and regroup and do something else. I've taken kids out of a program and saying, look, hold up, let's do something else here. Let's, let's bring you back over here. Grab this kettlebell, uh, go get a med ball. Let's work on your squat pattern again, because this is not right. I had a kid who was doing front squats and did not like how he was doing them. And he, his knees were going for, forward first. And it was just, it, it, it didn't look comfortable for him. And you know how kids are, if they're hurting, they're not going to tell you, uh, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I said, yeah, whatever. Uh, I could tell you it was hurting. And uh, he's, he's actually turned into one of my real good athletes, but I took him, I said, you know what, take a weight off. Let's go back to basics. Let me get you let's, – let's groove this pattern a little bit better and, and make sure we're working right because something's not right here. And um, just getting him to sit back touching a med ball or a chair or whatever, getting him to understand that, fix that pattern. Uh, one thing I've learned and one thing I've seen, and I'm really, I really – I want to read more about it because I know I see this a lot um, in the other facilities is the little um, – angles under their heels have you noticed that they um they're i tried that to i had a couple of girls the other day they just were not getting low enough and i was like you know what i'm gonna try it because i i'm big about trying to get them in the right position make sure that their foot their whole foot's on the ground make sure that they're getting an external rotation and all that anyway um so i take the weights and i throw up under us put your heels up on that and i'll go boom hit it perfect and i'm like what the heck okay is it still good so i waited a couple of days later girls come back you got sore yes we're sore okay i don't know what i did there but so now is it do i progress them do we put a smaller plate under their foot and keep taking them to where they're on the ground uh, to get them stronger at that point so i'm assuming that's how that system works uh but like i said i haven't really dug dug into that much but so I've used it with kids that have limited mobility inside of their ankles and, you know, they are having trouble going past parallel because, you know, their ankles are so tight and, you know, so like that. And there's a couple of things I, I've done on my end, you know, in our warmups where, you know, we're um, focused on the, you know, going from the ankle up, you know, the foot up. So I was like, you know, let's, you know, I was kind of saying, was like, let's try this. Boom you know, they're able to get lower than parallel. And, um, you know, that that's something that I kind of carry with me, you know, wherever I go, even in my own training, you know. Uh, and I think that go that circled back to what we we're talking about in the beginning because, like, I experienced it for myself, you know. Um, you know, 
I, there was a brief period where I didn't lift at all because, you know, being an athlete for so long and co- uh, collegiate athlete, you know, you kind of got burned out on it and eventually, you know, circled back to it. But, you know, there was a point to where I couldn't get past, I, you know, could I couldn't get past the parallel. So, you know, um, seeing on social media, seeing that, you know, other people do it, it's like, I wonder how this works. And, you know, when you start getting to like the mechanics of it and how all that works, I mean, it makes it, it's science. Right. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up here on this end here. So um, this last segment here is called Contract Coach Spotlight. So um, is there anyone that you want to specifically um, highlight in the industry of strength and conditioning that you think is making the impact out there? Ooh. Um. As far as me, I train a lot of baseball athletes. So I think uh, Zach DeCant, um from uh, TCU, he's he's really made an impact on me. Um, read several of his books. I pretty much have, um, I'd love to go to a conference where he's at a conference for once. And of course, I've got some of his online stuff as well. But he's really made an impact on – how I program not only on just my baseball athletes, all athletes in general, and uh, using his ba- using using the basic program, just basic movement patterns, kind of led me to where I've I've been as far as training my athletes and what works and what doesn't work. And you know, we want results fast. Kids want those results as fast as possible. Um, so it kind of it seems like his program to me gets gets results fast and I think he's making a big impact as far as baseball you know I was listening to a um I was listening to a radio yesterday and there's a guy on there talking about, he's talking about Ole Miss baseball and he's talking about some of their pitchers or whatever but anyway I'm, I don't follow Ole Miss baseball but um sometimes I listen to that stuff but he um he was talking about oh yeah their shoulders you know when they get to college they're just burnt out that you know the shoulders only got so many pitches in them all this and I'm like well not if you got a decent uh program behind it that pitcher should be good because if you're just stopping them in college and you're not even thinking about after college, you know, what the heck? Um, you don't want to run the guy, kid for life. So where's the strength conditioning program? And that's another thing I tell uh, parents, you know, look at your, uh, you know, hey, I'm great. Little Johnny got his uh, offer for whatever university, at, you know, community college, wherever. Ask them about their strength program first before you guys sign anything. If they don't have one, then you need to get somebody for him because he's going to need shoulder care. He's going to need some type of arm care, uh, especially if he's a pitcher or whatever. But, I mean, uh, Zach has really – he really opened my eyes to it. Uh, I've used his program. Well, I started out using it with uh, Adamsville. Um, we've had – well, I'm going to knock on wood. I've had no injuries out of shoulders from any of my pitchers since I started using the program. And uh, I think I think it's huge. That's a huge impact. Absolutely. And I, I kind of thought about this too. Um, I was having the conversation with the Bolivar uh, baseball coach. Um, you know, before the season started, I think it was early November, maybe early January, around that time. You know, they're kind of geared to go ready. You know, get ready, kind of go and uh, go to preseason and you know, into their own season. And we had some conversations about like, 
well, I don't want my shoulders hurt. I don't want my players uh, have shoulder problems this year. It's all like that. And I was like, all right, man, do you trust me? And he's like, yeah. It's like, all right, we're going to load the shoulders. We're not going to back away from trying to get these shoulders stronger. So we are going, you know, they're going to be bulletproof. So, you know, that's what we did. We did a lot of presses. We did a lot of overhead stuff. We did a lot of hangs and, you know, isometrics with the shoulders. And, you know, again, knock on wood, we haven't had any shoulder issues either. But it just comes back to, like, some of the just doing, fun, you know, foundational things for some of these athletes that, you know, I think some sport coaches are afraid to do. It's like, I don't want to hurt. I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want them. It's like, well, you not doing these foundational movements, right, like pressing and loading the shoulders and stuff like that, that causes them to get hurt because their their muscles are not strong enough to withstand, you know, a duration of a season. Right. That's right. And, and you know, it, you got to look at the kids these days too. Their kids are not playing outside like they used to. Um, they're not physical or active uh, when they're kids like they used to be. Um I've got two, uh, it's funny, I've got two rodeo guys, uh, two cowboys I train, uh, and they, um, you can tell these kids are outside all the time doing stuff. I mean, just the strength alone they have in here uh, at their age and all that, and they come in and so the kids are like, holy crap, they're lifting this. It's like, yeah, they, 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 they're a different breed. Um, But yeah, it's to get points across to coaches that you're and that's our motto right it's do no harm it's you want to help that you want to help those kids get better but our motto is do no harm and and get that point across to some coaches and and how they don't know this I don't know I just don't if these guys and and you know if they went through a program if they went into college and they've been around other coaches how do they not know this um, it's what I don't understand. Um, because I think it's like required information. If you're going to be a coach, you got to have some basic knowledge of strength and conditioning. You got to have something there to like, uh, okay, I, I may not be that coach, but I can pick so-and-so over here. This is what I want. This is what I want you doing and run with it, go with that program. But, um, you gotta, you gotta have somebody that knowledge, these coaches got to get, uh, educated on this stuff. I think it's even prevalent in today's time because, like, social media is so huge and, you know, there's a plethora of strength coaches that sell programs and have programs for specific sports. Well, I hate to use the word sport-specific, but, um, you know, they got programs, you know, for, you know, coaches that are not well-versed in that. And it's okay that you're not well-versed in that, you know. But at the same time, I mean, you got to use some kind of logical thinking, I mean, there are websites, there are articles, there are coaches. Social media is free. You know, you can learn, even strength coaches like you and me and several others. Social media is free. You can learn things from other people on social media. Yeah, you can. There's a lot out there, and there's a lot of bad information out there, too. Um, The biggest thing that, you know, I I love going to conferences, and, and, you know, in 2020 when COVID came, you know, I was a member of the NSPA. They kind of went dark. Uh, the, the main guys kind of went, you know, he had a bout with cancer. So it kind of for about two years there, that, that, that whole organization just kind of went dark. Uh, and I was kind of ticked. I was like, man, I just became a master coach and, you know, I went through all this work and now they're going to, they're, they're shagging on me. And, and, uh, anyway, they're coming back, they're doing a conference. Of course, it's in California. 
Um, I'm not going to be able to go this year, but they have a they have a great conference, and they spend one day of hands on. You basically have four stations, and you spend that morning. Uh, you got a little bit of class, and you go to one station. You spend an hour at that station. You'll move to another station, an hour. Go to lunch. You'll come back. You got two more stations, and then, man, you just you get hand. I got hands on with uh, Tim Sosha. Have you ever heard of him? He used to be the strength conditioning coach for. Um, the Washington Huskies, but I think he's somewhere on the East Coast now. Uh, but man, I got hands on with that guy. He tried, he gave me his football program, what he runs, and it's just like, oh, this is how we do it. And, and it was just great to get that hands on. Uh, so for a cost of about three, four hundred bucks, and maybe a, a couple overnights in a hotel, and anybody ought to be able to go to this stuff. And in the NSPA, I mean. They brought in a lot of good names, a lot of good coaches there, and there's great information. And I built my program based off of them. Wouldn't for them, I wouldn't be here. So, because that's really helped athletes acceleration and in the, in, in the uh, NSBA. Even talking about organizations like the NHSSCA, I mean, when we went to NACON last year, what was the ticket like? 150, 200 bucks? Yeah, yeah, it's, it wasn't expensive. Um, and it was a great time. It was, it was, um, I learned a lot at that uh, conference as well. Uh, personally, it, it's, 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 and, and I get it. I mean, I know a lot of these guys, especially football guys are going to, you know, your football stuff, uh, learning drills, things like that. And that's great. But, you know, I, I'm on the strength condition side, if you're a coach and you're going to go to one of these schools, um, designate somebody at least, Hey, go pick the strength coach's brain, go see what they're doing while we're doing this or, you know, that's what I would do. I, I'm that guy. I, I'm the I'm the guy that if I see something, I'm gonna look around for a second. And I'm gonna come over and I'm gonna start talking to you. I'm gonna pick your brain. I'm gonna try to find out as much as I can, because that's just you know I'm interested in it. I love it. Um, and I know there's people out there that do it well, and that's who I want to. That's who I want to represent. There's people that do it well. I want to bring what they know into here, uh, and uh, just make our programs and our athletes better. Absolutely. Well, Coach Lambert, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. I know we talked about this off and on uh, for <laughs> the last few months. And, uh, you know, it's it was awesome to have you on, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, anytime. Um, like I said, it's uh, good luck to you. Hope you find something, man. Because, like I said, I think you uh, – if you want to do some coaching around here, I got a place for you around here to help me out for a little while. Because, like I said, we we – we're rolling around here and I've got a lot, a lot on the plate and there's a lot of other things I want to do as well. So. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And that's another episode of the Conscious Chats. Please follow our social medias at, uh, Conscious Chat podcast on Twitter and TikTok. Also follow coach Lambert on his social media as well. So name the strength, stay strong and have a day today.